0: Gratitude, this is, this is the gratitude week, um, giving thanks. And given a lot of talks on gratitude and um, always finding something more interesting and different take on it. And this time was no different. Um, just considering what gratitude is, um, I actually looked it up in a dictionary, and like like most definitions, it doesn't really tell you much. It just re- sort of repeats says thankfulness. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the same as gratitude, right but what what is what is it? what is it really? What's the experience of gratitude? And I tried to determine in myself what, what gratitude feels like. And we usually think of gratitude as a response. We say thank you. Uh, it's usually a response to something. Uh, some gift or something that has been given to you, and you say, thank you. Um, it, It seems like it should be a very natural feeling of what? Of thanks. But very often, parents have to tell their children to say thank you given something, or somebody treats you to something, a child to something, and the parent will say, now say thank you, and it it almost seems as if it's something that we have to learn, that we have to learn how to be grateful, and to express that, but I was wondering whether that ought to be a very natural feeling, that even though we may not a child may not say thank you and sometimes the, the child will say thank you and not feel anything just obeying the parent and that actually can inhibit the feeling of gratitude which might arise naturally without having to say thank you so what is that feeling and i i think that gratitude I think that gratitude is not a thought. It's not an intellectual thing. It's, it's a heart thing. It's a feeling, not a thinking, not a verbal thing. And it strikes me that it, it, it should, should naturally arise within us. As a response of appreciation, or um, maybe even valuing that—that that when you are grateful for something, you actually give it value. And so, I'm exploring that idea or that feeling of saying when you're saying thank you for something, you are saying this is important, this is valuable to me, this is something I appreciate. And that has really nothing to do with the object that you're grateful for, because the value of, say, I was given a little drawing by um, a, a child of a friend of mine, or even from my daughter. I have some little drawings that she did uh, that were really not in and of themselves (laughs) artworks, (laughs) but somehow it was an expression of her care, of her love, and so my response was this incredible feeling of, oh, Amy, that's so wonderful, not that this object was wonderful but that the expression behind it so it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is that you're grateful for really it's it could be anything and actually it should be everything so in our practice gratitude is less a particular response to some offering, but it's much more an attitude of heart, of mind. So it's it's a way of living in which you value everything that is presented because everything is given to you. Everything is presented to you. Everything that arises, it doesn't matter whether it's a little drawing from a child or or a necklace that is given to me, or, uh, you know, the yoga teacher here brought me some misshapen pears. And, you know, I'm probably not going to eat the pears uh, because they're, they're grainy and, you know, they're just really not edible. Uh, but that doesn't diminish my sense of valuing that offering. So going even deeper than this attitude of gratitude (laughs) could be a mantra. um, I began considering the the gratitude that's often discussed in Buddhist practice of being human, which many of us don't, don't really appreciate to the extent that in our practice we are invited to appreciate. How precious. This gift of our humanity is. And in, in the classic Buddhist tradition, this preciousness of being human and the gratitude for being born as a human being is often expressed as it is so rare. That we are born, that any any being is born as human, and it's it's compared to if a vast sea seas of cosmic years of uh, vastness and a blind turtle every thousand years were to stick his head. Or her head up through the the water, and there happened to be a what is called an oxen's yoke just floating around in this cosmic sea and it's it's just as rare to be born a human as it is for that turtle every thousand years to stick its head up through the water and go right through that hole in the Oxen's uh, uh, collar. That is pretty rare. Now, um, I want to read this um, account by a doctor, uh, Dr. Ali Binazir of Cambridge University. Looked at the odds. Of your, of your birth, of your very particular birth. What are the odds of your parents meeting, given how many men and women there are on earth, and how many people of the opposite sex your mother and father would have met In their first 25 years of life. Then he looked at the chances of these two people talking, meeting again, forming a long term relationship, of having just the right egg and right sperm combining to make you. He goes further back to look at the probability of all your ancestors successfully mating and of all the right sperm meeting all the right eggs to make each of these ancestors. So can you imagine the probabilities there he says the conclusion is that the odds that you exist at all are zero another illustration it is the prob this is the, this is another way of illustrating that improbability that you personally exist It is the probability of two million people getting together, each to play a game of dice, with a trillion-sided set of dice. And they all come up with the same number. And that number is 550,343,000. 279 In other words this is by way of illustrating suggesting that your existence is basic what is what is the what do we call the existence of something whose probability is zero A miracle, right? So, if you consider, I mean, Buddhist had Buddhist had a a metaphor for this, but now we want to take it into the realm of science. <laughs> so the, the, the probabilities, the statistics, bear out. What the Buddhist Buddha has said over twenty six hundred years ago—that the probability of being born a human is, and being born you is practically zero. So it's, it is, it's a miracle, and the miracle of your birth. Is certainly something to value because it is so rare. Now, beyond that, you're a human. How many humans get to hear the Dharma? And hearing the Dharma knowing that there has been a Buddha and is continuing to be a Buddha. How many people are aware of this practice? And being aware of this practice, how many people actually practice it? And having practiced it, how many people actually continue to practice it? And having continued to practice it, how many people never stop practicing it? Pretty rare. Pretty rare. So how valuable, how auspicious, how appreciative, There's a writer I like a lot, Alan Watts, who says when we really come to understand the depth of gratitude that we live with, we would have to invent a God to be the repository of all of that gratitude because it is so vast that There's no way of expressing it, of giving it, except to some absolute supreme being who could hold all that gratitude. So, we read two poems... One of which seems kind of obvious of all of this earth, air, wind, fire, all the beauty of earth and its giving itself to us. But then there are, there's the other poem of the distress in our lives, the death, the sickness, the sadness, the corruption, the hatred, the divisiveness. This is what sent Buddha out of the palace old age, sickness, death all the stuff that befalls us as humans, this amazing miracle of humanity, of your very personal existence. Very beautiful, very amazing, and also suffering comes along with it. How can we appreciate and value that and that's what Merwin is suggesting very forcefully that we do not discriminate as to what we are grateful for no discrimination it's not necessarily that we Cultivate and reinforce suffering, that's for sure, because our practice is about relieving suffering. But another quotation from Jack Kornfield, this is is one of the mantras that he uses in his practice. May I be given the appropriate difficulties so that my heart can truly open with compassion may i be given may i be given the appropriate difficulties so that my heart can be open with compassion So truly, it is that suffering appropriate to us. I'm saying, my suffering is custom made for me. It's appropriate for me. And I welcome the appropriate difficulties. And, and we're, we're always given the appropriate difficulties. We're given the difficulties that we can deal with. And so we are, those difficulties open our hearts. Those difficulties focus our concentration. I was given the difficulty of what is is called tinnitus. I have this ringing in my ears. There is no cure for it. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a function of old age. <laughs> it's a function of various hormonal. They don't even know what, it, what's, what causes it. And of course, when I sit and meditate in silence, that's all I hear is this, this ringing in my ears. And when I first discovered that I had this, boy, was I angry. How can I be grateful for this? You know, this is not on the top of my gratitude list. We, some of us keep gratitude lists, sometimes keep ingratitude lists, things I don't, don't want in my life. Um... But over the years, it's been about four or five years since I've had this, it truly has made me focus. There, I, I can't ignore it. So my practice is right there with the present moment because it is present. And the more I resist it, the more present it becomes. And so, actually, my meditation practice has improved tremendously. My ability to concentrate has improved tremendously because of of this thing. I did not know that when it first happened. My, My sense was absolute resistance. But the dedication to practice and to this availability to valuing everything transformed that suffering into it's still there but it's has a different place in my life mainly because I was able to come to value it, to come to be grateful for it, because I was allowing it to, to, you might say, open my heart to the sufferings of others, to the physical and mental pain of others. So this attitude of thank you very much, this is an attitude this is a way of living in the world. On the eraser board, there's a mantra. Thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. This was a, a teaching that a woman Zen master, ma- mistress, <laughs> Zen mistress uh, named Sono. She was well known for her ability to heal people. People would come from all over the world to get her healing message and they would go away healed. And there was this one man who suffered terribly in his life. Everything was, everything was dark, everything was you know, a matter for complaining and for resistance and the world was a horrible place and And he wasn't the way he wanted to be. And he heard about Sono, who uh, was supposed to heal anyone. And he went to see her and complained and told her about all of his sufferings. And she said, there's only one thing I tell everyone, and it heals everyone. She said... Every day, in every situation that arises, say to yourself, or out loud, thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever. Go and be healed. He said, that's it? (laughs) That's, That's the healing? And she said, yes, try it. Try it for a year. Try it for a year, and then you'll see. So, I mean, he, she had this amazing reputation. So he decided, yeah, okay, I'll give it a try, and he did. Did that for a year, and came back after a year, really irate and <laughs> very, very annoyed because he had. He said, "I've God, I've wasted a whole year." Uh, saying thank you very much in every situation, and uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. I still as miserable as I ever was. And who, you know, you're a fraud. You're a, I, you know, I don't know how you got this reputation because it definitely didn't work for me. And she said, "Thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever." And at that moment he was free <laughs> he was liberated so of course she was practicing what she preached and it was an illustration a very clear illustration of that teaching when he went back to her and she took she took that that mantra and gave it back to him so Thank you very much. Thank you very much. No complaints whatsoever. Please return your questions to the original location.